of Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out, one of the longest running radio programs dedicated to bringing you information and commentary on news, personalities, and life from an LGBTIQ perspective. I'm Melanie Davis. That shock and all is my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm and... Jeff Robertson. <laughs> I just for a while. I come and go like the Yay. wind. <laughs> I'm very glad to be back on the show. I miss both of you. I miss you too. And I'm Lucas Fisher. <laughs> Yay. Hi. Hi, Lucas. We miss you too. Mm. We, are mi- we are missing Ireland this week. Yeah, Ireland's pooped, overworked. Yeah. Much work. We are star-crossed. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to talking to her and, and talking to her about how life is like in New York now and there's all what kinds of um, doing. She's living in a very exciting time there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, but we are, um, but we are here, and they'll we they'll be here Ireland. next week, I think. So. We miss you, Ireland. Come back. Um, Although I'm sure they're having fun. Oh um, yeah. I don't know. With all that work. I have to ask them. So. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of a slow news week. Um, uh, what? How, how, slow. I mean, you know. Um, oh well, there was that Friday thing. Where, yeah, we kind of had a big thing that happened. We had a couple big things. Couple big um, things. Friday, Trump, uh, the Trump administration, uh, blocked health care for. LGBT folk uh, protections for healthcare, uh, rolled back Obama era protections, and uh, made it easier for people to discriminate against us in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, that was followed up by all kinds of outrage, and um, justfully so. Yeah. Um, and then, kind of slipping in on Saturday, uh, there was a HUD change, suggested change to transgender rules for single-sex uh, homeless shelters, where they would allow um, homeless shelters to discriminate based on biological sex or sex based on uh, what people perceive to be your biology, because, you know, how are they going to know unless you uh, disrobe uh, what your situation is? And uh, that was kind of swept under the rug. And there was a huge rally in Brooklyn, um, speaking of Ireland and where they live. And uh, that was for Black Lives Matter combined with Black Trans Lives Matter. Um, it was huge. And wow. yeah, um, we can talk more about that later. However, then there was Monday. And we're recording this on Tuesday night, so this is still kind of fresh. Um, I don't know about you guys, but... Um, Woo! <laughs> yeah! Yay! Finally oh, my God. Good news. About damn time. Oh, I... Sorry. Who saw this coming? I mean... I feel like it came out of absolutely nowhere. Well, 
we talked about this uh, maybe October um, when these cases were taken up by the Supreme Court. Uh, there were three cases that were high-profile uh, LGBT employment discrimination cases, and yeah. we were waiting, 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 waiting. Um, one of the plaintiffs in the cases we reported had died waiting for mm -hmm. this to um, be educated. And as a, I hope everybody listening knows, the Supreme Court took the three of these cases, crammed them all into one ruling, um, and and came up with and and it was a it was a six to three vote um which is kind of amazing i mean we could have hoped for kennedy somewhat but um gorsuch yeah where did he come from very surprised by that yeah um but so the people on our side were Neil Gorsuch, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, not sorry, not Kennedy, Chief, Ju Chief Justice John Roberts, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephen mm -hmm. Breyer, uh, and Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor. Um, uh, why, why would I forget about her? Uh, so they decided the three, Bostock versus Clayton County, uh, uh, Altitude Express versus Zarda, and um, RG and GR, Harris, uh, RG and GR Harris Funeral Homes versus Equal Opportunity Commission. Uh, Gorsuch wrote the opinion, which uh, was, I, I've read the opinion. I don't know if you guys have, have gone through it yet. Um, but it's very fair. It is coming from a conservative uh, reading of the original statute, the Title VII uh, statute. Um, but Clarence, Clarence Thomas, Alito, of course, and Party Boy Kavanaugh, were the dissenting justices. Um, it doesn't matter how they dissented, it's that they dissented. And uh, history will judge them. Yes, and I'm, I, I know that it should come as no surprise with Clarence Thomas, but it did sort of surprise me. I think because he's married, you know, his wife is white. Mm -hmm. and there used to be laws against interracial marriage that I thought, you know, maybe he would have some sort of <laughs> sympathy or it could apply to his own life. Mm. Yet he voted against giving us the same rights that he now has somewhat, <laughs> you know. Well, it, it's, um, you would think the people who are oppressed would stand together. We'd That's hope that. But there's racism in the LGBT community and there is anti-LGBT mm. sentiment in uh, communities of color. Um, and, and as we've said, seen in uh, feminist communities, which, mm -hmm. you know, usually are allies, and we've seen with um, J.K. Rowling, you know, recently, mm -hmm. there's just been a lot of right. shocking news as well. I mean, this is the one good thing that's happened. The I feel one. summer. <laughs> the one good thing. Well, no, there, well, I mean, there's good stuff happening all the time. Well, there, it's yeah, just overshadowed yeah. by... Uh, by a the lot violence. of the violence and horror that's going on, and, um, and it, I, I think that you're right. We've traded places, Melanie. I'm the gloom and doomer now. <laughs> Was I gloom also, and doom? Be bigger than it is. I mean, maybe I should just be happy for what it is. But I'm I'm really tired for us to have to fight for our rights as human beings that most everybody else has, and this is just only about job discrimination. It and, is, however, the way that it was. Um, the way that they wrote 
their the um the uh, how they came to their decision uh, opens up arguments against discrimination in healthcare and you know in, in any other public accommodations and stuff like that because uh, under Title Seven it's sex discrimination right but that also is now uh, and and it was in the past in, in lower courts this is the first time the supreme court has taken it up but um in the past in lower courts they've decided that sex discrimination includes lgbt people because uh you wouldn't discriminate against a uh, uh cis het woman from marrying or being in a relationship with a cis het man right right so you can't uh you can't but no. <laughs> you can't discriminate against a homosexual man from being in a relationship with a man so finally you know, they figured this out right <laughs> and uh and for trans people it's it's about the expectations that you have about gender and sexuality as a person and if you are discriminating oh sorry that is my brother. Where was I? Um, oh, the, the, the way that they're, they've decided this. So it's based on, you know, expectations of sex too. Uh, uh, the discrimination that you have against people based on how you view how they should be because of their sex. Um, so that does apply to trans folk because you think that uh, you have certain views about it. Um, your views are discriminating against them based on their reality. So you're in the wrong. Uh, and that's kind of a roundabout way of getting to it. But the, the sentence, the first sentence and uh, the ruling here is an employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender violates title seven. Boom. That was it. That's Boom. You don't even have to go beyond that unless you're, you're into all that uh, legal wonk stuff. But well, but one thing that I didn't know until today is that this does not apply to small businesses of 15 people or under, right. which is what a large part of um, the working community. I mean, that's my office. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess smaller businesses can still discriminate. Well, I don't know what anything behind that is. That, so that is true. And right now they can still discriminate in healthcare and right now they can still discriminate. However, as, they can, in, as we have been talking about with HUD. Yeah. Um, however, they, this ruling will give uh, a springboard and a platform for future discrimination uh, cases against smaller businesses too. So yeah, right. This, this is federal protection. This is, um, this is a, foundational piece and you have to build on a foundation right otherwise you just got some rocks in the ground yeah, yeah it's true as i said i'm just in a mood i mean i should just be happy right but oh i want more be happy <laughs> i want more we want more i want full rights yeah i would also like i think healthcare the healthcare thing like why are you gonna do that and then we're gonna are we gonna just wait around until someone sues that's expensive. That crap is expensive. Why do we have to sue all the time just to get our basic rights? Well, that's exactly right. That 
that because we have people in power in this country, and that doesn't just mean in the federal government, but all the way down to local government, um, we have people in power and people and it, in positions of power who are bigots. And yeah. they are still in power um, and we maintain them in power things are going to be a slow plotting change if at all yeah i mean and that's why i think protesting is a is a sort of like you know the only way to really push put pressure on on uh, our systems without suing anybody well, well protesting is a start suing is a, a start a big thing because it forces their hands right if if you get a favorable decision it forces them to change and it yeah, lays down precedent so expensive it is so expensive and it's um and it takes sure. so much time i mean yeah like uh when when did the the amy when did amy you know when did this all even start it's um, been a while is is all in, i'm trying to it's all in i'm trying the to beginning, say there was darkness and uh <laughs> i mean <laughs> are you talking about amy from um he worked at the funeral home and yeah. was for being yeah. trans. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, By the way, we, we talked about this. I feel like it was a whole year ago. Well, that's when, that's when she brought it, but it, the discrimination happened like in 2006 or something, I think. Right. Oh, um, it's, it has been a while. Uh, but I mean, we've been fighting these battles for, for beyond some... Stonewall. You know, we've been, and we've fighting. been writing. Right. And well, the, here's just, the thing. The demonstration is just a part. The demonstration is awareness, right? You get awareness, you show mm-hmm. uh, up, you show up in numbers, you make people in power know that you're serious and what your demands are. And then you move it into the halls. You, you bring it indoors. And you demand change from the people who are there. But you also put people in who are going to make changes. So, I mean, if there's not going to be a revolution where, you know, we're dumping tea and we're, uh, you know, riding with your lanterns and stuff, um, mm-hmm. we've got to make it in uh, it, within the system. And I don't mm-hmm. see anybody calling for... Uh, uh, full revolution except for the maybe the three percenters and the the uh, right-wing militias they're they're all for it um but seriously we have to take it the next to the next step and that doesn't include that does include suing people uh and and companies and whatnot for discrimination but you have to have a basis to build that discrimination case on right and here is one of them Mm -hmm. Uh, that's why this is important because it, it's it's a it's a base. It's something that is solid that we can stand on and push from. Um, I mean, would it be great if if we didn't have to scream over and over again, "Black Lives Matter," you know, queer rights and equality for women, and for years yeah. and years and decades. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would well, be great, but that would require power changing, and we have to change yeah. power. Um, I read something recently that someone posted that said, uh, 
you know, right now, what's happening right now is, you know, a product of all of the work we've been doing for years and years and years. Like all of the work that is that has happened up until what? this point. Sorry. You know what I mean? What is that sound? Oh, is it this? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm fidgeting. <laughs> I'm getting real heated. And we've only been talking for like 16 minutes. Maybe we should take a music break. You're standing on something. I, I found some new music if y'all really? want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You bet I want to hear it. This artist is Big Frida, who popped up onto the screen uh, a little bit ago. And this is uh, a song called Chasing Rainbows with Keisha.
Melanie, I have a, I have a question maybe for both of you guys. Mm-hmm. It's a tough question, but it's one that everyone is asking. And it is, what do we do with the police? That's a really good question. <laughs> it's a very tough question. They don't have the answer. I think that there definitely needs to be police reform, without a doubt. Without a doubt. This is not okay, what is happening. But I am also understand the importance of the police, and I also understand that there are good police people and bad police people. But um, what's been happening this past year has just been beyond shocking. And I don't know how it's been allowed to go on for so long, actually. I guess it hasn't just been this year. It's been forever. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. And it was interesting. There was an article, I, I think it was in the BBC, about how lynching in America has never stopped. It's just become police with guns. And that really affected me. Me that too. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is a very true assessment. So... Um... I have family who were in law enforcement um, and I've got friends and colleagues who are in law enforcement. And as much as I would love to be all there's good police and bad police about it, the people who we can call good police um, who want to be called good police have the responsibility to hold their colleagues uh, feet to the fire and mm-hmm. and uh, force Absolutely. accountability within mm-hmm. the force and within the justice system and if they aren't then they just as the people who are saying that they're not racist but they'll allow aunt so-and-so to go off on a, a racist tirade at, at you know whenever they go visit and their kids are hearing this stuff and nobody's checking her because, oh, she's old or whatever. They're just as complicit in passing on racism to the next generation. These guys are just as, com- and women are just as complicit in maintaining and advancing a culture of bias within mm-hmm. law enforcement. Um, and if you think that law enforcement uh, needs to be preserved but changed, what are the changes and how do they get implemented? And how do how is accountability mm-hmm. actually enforced right now? Um, yeah. Reforms have been going on for years, and they haven't actually done anything. Uh, and yet, we Trump, keep dumping money into it. Lots of money. Uh, you know, beyond the bear cat, uh, there are other. Uh, the militarization of the police force in America is has been going on for for years and years and years and it's it's also part of the culture of the police force that warrior cop mentality that you're going into a war zone mentality um yeah i mean that's i was watching some uh mm. just videos of the lapd in like the 40s and i think the 50s and 60s actually yeah and just like the attitude that they they all had because they were uh really militarized they're like a militia and they uh committed a lot of atrocities and it's you know sad no it's not sad it's infuriating it's wrong it's 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 violence against the people of the country yeah the people they're supposed to be quote-unquote you know sworn to protect exactly um or serve or whatever however they're not constitutionally held 
to that standard, that's just a slogan on a car. That actually doesn't mean anything legally. And they can hide behind yeah. this, you know, ability it's to like... act with impunity. No. And, and. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. What? Ooh. I read something really crazy um, earlier today. I, this is really, uh, I read about this, um, this guy, it, this was in like the 20s who, um, I mean, we know that there's a history of the cops being involved with the KKK. And I guess in the 20s, there's this guy who was, um, he was black, but he was white passing. Mm-hmm. So he infiltrated the KKK. Yeah. Can't remember this guy's name because I literally just read it um, like today. But he infiltrated the KKK and there was the police. They were just all there. And they said, uh, now that you're uh, in the police, they ended up, they ended up uh, giving this guy, the guy who infiltrated the KKK, they gave him a job in the police so that he would have the law backing whatever he did as a person, a part of the KKK. Yeah. And um, it's just, that's the history people they're like. They're the slave you know, catchers. They are the slave mm-hmm. catchers. And you know that that I just wish they didn't have we, guns. As much as white people would love to have the Barney Fife and Andy Griffith um, idea of what policing is, as much as we would like the um, all those TV shows, you know, from Hill Street Blues and Barney Miller on up um, to the police dramas now, being held as like these are this is you know these people are absolutely conscientious and they're fighting for you right mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, fighting the good fight for law and order right uh it's, i'm saying that this is the myth melanie not yeah no yeah. no i i know <laughs> okay. and and there are people out there who are and it's got to be frustrating to be right. in an environment where if you do speak up you're the one who's going to get crushed and i understand that is a horrible position to be in um but it has to change because people are dying. It's not like a you're saving your job. It's not like you're going to be incrementally changing it from the inside out. It it needs to be structurally different now, and um, and without strong leadership and without demands from the people, um, it's not going to change. So it needs to it needs to change now. We need to demand that everybody needs to demand not just accountability but yeah. brand new ways of policing yeah and and community support because that's what the defund the police thing is about it's about community support right it's about exactly creating because police should not be the ones who are handling people with mental health disorders and and crazy no. they shouldn't be the ones who are handling people who have uh other sorts of disputes and and um, that don't require somebody with, you know, whose whose two main tools are uh, aggression and detention, as being the people who are doing the problem solving. They they are not trained properly to mm-hmm. help in those ways, and just not. you know, and and we see what happens uh, when you don't know how to de-escalate a situation, or you come in. And um, you feel that you are at a risk from the people that you're supposed to be protecting, you know, and that, that's that warrior training. People are going to kill you. You have a gun. You need to walk home, you know, and, and when you 
go into each situation thinking I'm in danger, maybe, maybe you don't need to be there. You know, just don't go. If, if that's your thing, if you are made to be afraid of the people of the community so much so that you see them as potentially dangerous and you can kill with impunity or abuse with impunity even um you don't need to be in that position find something else yeah well speaking of defund the police i mean i actually really believe in this theory or notion or whatever you want to call it but i think that it's worded terribly wrong in terms of making people understand it right yeah it's um it's strongly worded and and that gets some people off but it needs to be more accurate for um others who aren't going to look into it as deeply in order for mm-hmm. them to understand it. Well, yeah, I wondered how you two felt about that because I do wish that it was just called something different. I'm not sure what, but I understand also the reasons for it to <laughs> be called that. But I, I think that that's a little bit misleading. I think that people think that that just means defunding all police departments, not really reform. But perhaps reform isn't strong enough. Reform isn't strong enough because it doesn't happen. Um, right. Yeah. You know, Bloomington Police Department, we have uh, a couple of liaisons who uh, go in unarmed. We have uh, a social worker now. Um, those are meant to be a part of that kind of movement. They're, they're, um, they're hopefully there to provide more answers but it shouldn't necessarily be the police department that's, that's in charge of that. Um, if it works out, it works out great. Uh, I've got a, a list of statistics on policing in Bloomington even. Um, really? Yeah, and, and it, it shows uh, um, there's still bias. There's still... Uh, it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. I mean, it just seems you know, to be an system. As Everyone. nice as Bloomington is, it is. It's a systemic thing. Uh, so it has to be changed from the ground up. And um, I mean, yeah, it's weird. I feel like we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't want the police at all. It shouldn't be something that we want. Just the same way we, we don't want war. We, we, these are things we, we don't, we need to strive towards not. I'm Serbian. Speak for yourself. Um <laughs> You mean you want war? <laughs> I do want somebody I can call 911, you know, for. And, um, <laughs> well, options when you call 911, right? Okay, 911, I, mean, I got somebody breaking into my house. Or 911, my cousin's having a uh, uh, mental health crisis. Or 911, you know, there, there are different kinds of options that should be available. I completely agree. And you had mentioned that earlier about mental health. We need professional mental health workers to work with that situation. And I think that that's more what defunding the police means. But it doesn't mean that we don't want somebody not to answer the phone or be there when we need help, but we need the right kind of help. Right. So, you know, all the, all these people are saying, oh, I can't believe that, you know, uh, these liberals want to defund the police and what are they going to do when they have an emergency? That's not what we're talking about. I don't know. I yeah. Just... Well, I don't know. We, here's how, what I, how I feel. Maybe we should get rid of guns in the police. I we think all... great. What do they need guns for? And then... What does anybody need a gun for? 
Sorry. (laughs) And I have this conversation with my foster son all the time. He's very pro-gun. But I think if we have guns, we wouldn't have all of these problems at all. You know? Uh, I mean, I agree with you, but how do we get rid of guns completely? It just... The reality is I don't think it's going to happen in America, but oh, look. (laughs) Uh, Melanie, that that constitutes a threat. I think I'm going to have to call the police. She's not... (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry I said that. Us. But um, I don't know. I mean, I... I don't like guns, but... I don't either. And having stared down the barrel of one, I don't want to ever have to do that again. Yeah, that's not what? fun. Yeah. Oh. In you New get... Orleans. Jeez. I got mugged in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, and that's I scary. I was going to be shot because he pushed me up. I didn't have any money. I had $8. And he went in my wallet and he pushed me up against a wall and I felt the gun go into my head and then he ran away. But it was a terrifying experience that really changed, you know, before that, I I mean, I won't say I was a pro gun, but I sort of was, I don't know, I didn't really think about it much because, you know, when you're young, I was, I think, 25, you don't think about it if you're me. (laughs) But it really changed my mind. I was like, you know, that should not happen. I got shot at in Indy um, by somebody called me a faggot. No way. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, I was walking to work. I worked at Borders downtown and lived south of downtown. And, um, and you know, I was visible and queer and, um, and there weren't too many people out at the time. Uh, and it was right by, they used to have this Catholic, uh, I don't know, it was in like just a bookstore. They had you know, icons and statuary and stuff like that. At the Catholic supply house, I guess. I don't know. Right for, yeah. for if you want to start your own church or something um i i love it i love all that iconography and stuff um anyway i was walking up to it and these two guys there's a, a little driveway between that and like the hampton inn or whatever it is right beside it there's a, a parking lot <laughs> and they ducked down in there down the the sidewalk or off the sidewalk and uh and i'm walking up the sidewalk and i i past the corner of the catholic store and i hear hey faggot and the two guys are standing there one of them's got a gun out pointed at me so i like you know as much as uh, my fatness would allow i ran and um and then i hear a gunshot and and then laughing um so i i mean was it i mean and there's the building across the street there's there's the mall right there so I don't know if they shot in the air or they shot into the wall of the mall or, you know, were just messing with me, but um, I just counted it as being shot at uh, and so, scared, scared the bejesus well, out of me. What I'm interested in knowing is why you like guns now. I was raised with guns. It wasn't really a, a like them kind of thing. It's just they were there. Uh, I was raised in Northwest Indiana. Like I said, my family was, you know, a lot of uh, my family were in law enforcement. Um, guns were just a part of, um, you know, you need a screwdriver for this. You need a, um, uh, I would argue whatever I mean, for that. It, it was, it was a, a device for protection and my family never used guns. Well, my dad shot a couple off like on new year's, which is dumb. Um, but my family didn't use guns as like, they didn't go out and shoot stuff up and, and they didn't, you know, brandish them. Um, they didn't open carry or anything like that. They, 
uh, had guns for the protection of, of home and self. And, uh, Which they wouldn't need if there were no guns, I guess is my argument. You know, you need a, the gun is for the other guns. The gun mm-hmm. is kind of for the other guns. Um, the gun is hopefully never to be used. That that like having one isn't necessarily the same thing as having something that you definitely are going to use. So the screwdriver analogy is not right. But when, as a person who's been threatened a lot and been beat up a lot, um, just for being who I am, it's more of a deterrent. Uh, I didn't have anything to equalize fights. Um, not that that's like a you know I got a gun I'm gonna shoot you. It's a it's a tool that helps me um, actually feel more calm in many situations because, and I've spoken about this before and I don't, I don't need to reiterate it, I guess, but it's more for um, absolute last resort. Yeah. And, um, and people, <laughs> I just think uh, people will take advantage of anything that they can. And I don't know. I guess Japan can do the gun control thing. Everybody can, but everybody can. You know, this, to, everyone would have to turn in their guns. There has to be a culture of respect that is mm-hmm. established, and we don't have that. Um, we no. don't respect one another, that and we can't let somebody else live their life without us having to screw with it mm-hmm. um, as a culture. So if we could figure out how to respect one another, yeah, mm. you know, there wouldn't be, um, I don't think as much violence as there is. And, um, yes. And I hear that. And I, I agree with it. And I think it's, it's a very good point at the same time, when you look at places where guns are not allowed, such as Japan or great Britain, there's still prejudice. People don't respect each other. There's still, no, they don't. And racism. Um, no, and there is, and it's, it's deescalated, but, our problem is it's enshrined in our constitution and right. you try to get the guns out of the hands of 340 million people or however many there are and you try to um take that uh away from people who've been told their entire lives that people are coming for the only thing that makes them you know one up on somebody else and there are folks within a mile radius of each one of us who have arsenals like legit arsenals there are many of those all across america and it's not realistic to even think about a gun-free america yeah um just too late for that yeah from the first guy who stepped off the boat with columbus uh to right now there has been an uninterrupted history of uh, gun violence in America. That's absolutely true. And I think it's too good to hope for on my part. <laughs> However, I have seen ch- things change. I am now witnessing an era where we have a library free America. We have all sorts of things that I never thought yeah. would go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More or less. And then, you know, with this recent uh, Supreme Court ruling, which is great. Gay marriage, I really didn't know that I would live to see. We have been fighting for that for so long. I just Employment protections. We're going to get protections, but we also have to fight for the the whole thing is not having to implement those, right? You don't don't want to have to go to court with somebody over 
them being an ignorant fool. Um, right, and I just wonder how much they are, how much that will protect us. But, you know, as I said, I'm in a rather dark cloud today. I'm very cynical. Yeah, yeah but, we started you know, off celebratory. What the hell happened? I know, I know. And I am, I'm happy, but I want more. It's so hypocritical to, to watch our president say things and then, then the, well, and also, I, I'm mad about it more than anything because it's like, at least we can have protection in our jobs, but it just doesn't lessen the blow of like the healthcare thing. Because right. it's like we matter more as as uh, workers than we do as people in this country. Mm. Beautifully yeah. put, Lucas. I think that's what's rubbing me the wrong way right now. That's what's bothering me. Yeah, I well, think that's wonderfully put. That's capitalism for you. I don't like it. <laughs> it's current state. Uh, they've, yeah. they've seized the means of production and we are the means of production. So. Also, I just, I just want to say this. Three of those justices said no. Yep. And one of them's a rapist. Right. At so, least. And one of them's a black man. And I'm upset about that. Who's All a right. sexual offender in his own right. So. Yes, he was. I just, I just don't understand how people... How you could be in that position of power to to ha- have the educational standards met, like you don't just become a justice, you have to you have to have the background. Do you think education matters when people are morally bankrupt? No, <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is our education system is absolutely screwed, and we need to take all this money from the cops out of the piggy and put it in to our schools so we stop uh you know, using schools to decide who is going to end up in jail. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm stealing that. I'm quoting a... So here here we um, are. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm quoting a, the Run the Jewels new album. I think there's a verse that Killer Mike gives that's really effective about how, like, underfunded schools are based ways of, fi- like, figuring out who is going to go to prison. Mm-hmm. And it's sad, and I'm mad about it. Well, and that's that's the what we have to take away from this. Celebrate that we have made this. Uh, we've we've reached this milestone, right? I think it is really. It's a really big. It's a really big call for celebration because I think this the education system and the things in the this country that that we need to to be reformed are are going to get it. Because I there's, as long as we all keep pushing for it, as long as we us. all keep pushing for it, so we just have to stay informed. I feel like people more than anything right now, just at the very least, the very least thing you can do is just stay informed right now and be upset. And if you can't do that, then then you're really just I don't know. Well, you don't care. Being upset is is one way to do it. Anger leads to action a lot um being outraged definitely causes people to refocus their energies but it doesn't require being pissed all the time you know and you can you can be happy for what you've got and hopeful for the future and push for that you know you can be uh you can be joyous and pushing for for um reform not that you can when you see all the stuff happening around you but um 
but it's possible to not have to live because I keep hearing people talking about how they're just tired of being outraged. They're tired of being angry and you're like, okay, well, you know what? But this stuff still has to change and it can still change and you can still work on it. And you don't have to be, you know, constantly ticked off um, unless you like that. And, and yeah, but I don't know that that just did. I don't think any of us like to be, well, some people do. I know that I don't, but I just am, as I said, tired and ticked off because I don't see why we have to fight so hard for just basic human rights that other people just get by the luck of the draw, by, you know, yeah, how they were born or I don't know. It's not fair. You have to be a certain way in order to have certain rights. And that's just not fair. Humans are extremely diverse mammals. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It's good for everybody. We have to embrace that. And if we have rights, it doesn't take any, it doesn't take any rights away from anybody else. It's just pure meanness and spitefulness to deny those rights to other people. Right. Yeah, it's like it's a zero-sum game, and if somebody else has rights, that means you don't get some. But, yeah. you know, we've all seen the, the... I don't feel like I'm taking over a village, or I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but, trying but these, to take something that's not mine to begin with. These people aren't working with logic. They're not working with um, reason. They're working on... Their, their own outrage has been stoked over their entire lifetimes. You know, they've been they've been spoon fed hate the gays hate the queers hate the blacks hate the hispanics all their lives every day they you know joke about it or they hear something about it it's constantly reinforced so it's in their culture it's in their brains from a young age and i could say that because i grew up in that sort of mm -hmm. environment you know a lot of us did and it we have to overcome that programming that programming has to be rewritten and for people who don't want or feel the need that they have to change it all mm -hmm. they feel angry and put out that they would even have to consider changing that that's their heritage you know that's who their people are is hateful and spiteful and whatever they don't see it that way. They're told that that is the right way. So, I mean, in their mind, they're actually doing what's right. And, uh, and that's the hardest part because you have to overcome that. You have to show them why they're wrong and how they're wrong. And it's not going to be sitting down and just laying out a, a cogent argument, you know, with these facts and whatever, because nothing in that is based on fact for them. So we have to change the culture and we are, you know, Will and Grace change the culture a bit. Ellen changed the culture a bit. Um, I think that makes it familiar and normalizes it. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are disadvantaged in their own ways. And then they are sure. taught to blame other people for that when it's not those people or those groups that are, you know, really doing anything to them. They've just Absolutely. been goaded into it. Well, the Tulsa riots, they're right? Immigrants, they're taking our jobs. <laughs> it's yeah. just ridiculous. Oh, the Tulsa um, massacre, you know, where they, they went in and there were others across the U.S. Uh, and white mobs went in 
and slaughtered affluent African Americans um, because right, right. because well, of their affluence because of their success. I think like eighteen ninety nine or something. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Nineteen hundred something like that. Yeah. Oh, that was a terrible thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. you're exactly right. They were they were uh, well off. Oh no, uh, it was nineteen something rather. They were bombed from the sky with turbine balls. I don't and, know. I um, <laughs> this is all um, history I used to know all about, and of course my brain is shrinking. Right, but, but you know it's also history that we aren't taught about in our schools. And we should be. I mean, this is like one exactly. I wasn't taught about it in school. Mm -hmm. I read about it somewhere, and I couldn't believe that I had never heard of it. Also, race massacre, May thirty first, nineteen twenty one. To June first, nineteen twenty one, and my grandmother was born in nineteen twenty. Yeah, you know, um, it's not that long ago. It's nope. it's ninety nine years ago. That's where your your ninety nine comes. A lot from. people are living so long; it's in a lifetime memory. It's, you know, it's my a lifetime. We're up next door to a former slave. So you know, yeah. we think of that as like ancient history, and it's not. And she's my grandmother's still alive, right? It's, she's ninety seven. That's amazing. She was a, a little girl during a lot of this crazy stuff that happened in the twenties and the thirties. And we it's have to remember happening. that it's still happening. It's still here. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And thankfully, Trump moved the date of his rally, so it wouldn't coincide with Juneteenth. Um, which is the 19th and uh, in Tulsa you know like how freaking tone deaf can you be but not like you would know anything right. about the history or right. Um, but you think that somebody in his uh, re, how do you say the retune, retune I, I don't know it's French his, his uh, group of people um, you think that they know they know better and they probably do well and, and there you called out. I mean, I think that you're right. They probably do. And they just, you know, really don't care. And they sort of love to flaunt how they don't care. You know, it's a big deal to them to be defiant to any sort of decency. Well, that's why they, uh, not they, I can't say they is a big TH, but uh, the, uh, that whole confederate flag thing or it's our heritage your heritage is uh is racism and uh slavery and yeah plus and with trump don't you remember when he said about john mccain he liked winners or whatever and then yeah. now defending the confederate right um, yeah you lost losers you know it's yeah. like <laughs> plus, you can't have it both ways the confederacy was only around for like five years like yeah. there's so many other things that have lasted longer, like longer than that. Like, How is yeah. that your heritage? It only lasted five years. <laughs> it's that defiance. Um, no. Well, coming from a Jewish background, I do believe in never forget. So I don't want these things to be erased from history, but they do not need to be glorified. They belong in a museum. Yeah, yeah. they, they, they need to be stories. demonized. They need demonized, to be. Exactly. Um, so have you heard about the thing, I'm sure you have, about replacing all the Confederate soldiers with uh, statues of Dolly Parton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I support that. that. <laughs> I completely 100% support that. Somewhere I have a picture of myself with her statue in, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, at her house. They do have a statue of her there. 
Well, you should have a picture of yourself with Dolly Parton. I mean, come on. I, well, I think I do somewhere. I do actually met her twice, but that's another. Shut sport. up! Oh, oh yeah. my God! See, I love her. Yeah, yeah, she's she's, she's everything that you want her to be in real life too. But you she's love Dolly. yes, there's absolutely nothing not to like about her. So, speaking of the Supreme Court decision, mm-hmm. um, how do you think that's going to affect Trump's reelection? Oh, I have no idea. And you just said Trump's reelection. That's kind of assuming that he'd be reelected. Yeah, how do you guys feel about Biden? You know, I'm okay. All my friends and my parents are up in arms. I would vote for a bowl of bananas over Trump. I'm just like, this just has to end. I don't. I'm pissed. I am so angry that that's our choice. Um, Me too. Bad touch Biden. I, you know, he was, I didn't particularly care for him as a vice president. And, uh, um, it's sad to see that he's stayed on the national scene. Me too. Like we need another, and I'm sorry, we need another old white guy in the White House. Really? Um, see that, it does not surprise me at all. I always thought it would be him. I, would I like something else? Yes, but I am absolutely going to vote for him. There's no way that uh, I think that we should allow Trump to continue. And then we can deal with Biden. Cross yeah. that we get there, but Biden is definitely a little less bad. There's He's definitely a lot less bad. Definitely one or two percent less bad. I mean, if you just look at the list of what Trump has done, also, know, yeah, Biden's not going to try to be. In, it's ridiculous, and Biden's never going to do that. But Hillary, yeah, Biden's not going to try to be an authoritarian. No. So that makes it okay. He just wants to sniff little girl's hair. That's all. I'm not happy about it, though. That's okay. I'm, so just, I, I'm at the point where I just have to pick my battles, and mm-hmm. that's one that I'm really... It's the worst game of chess, yeah. you it's know? It's the worst game of chess. You only got, like, a couple... You're still going to lose, but you're going to lose less bad. Well, I feel like it's, you know, I play Scrabble constantly, and it's like when I just don't have good tiles, and I can't <laughs> get, get any double words. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's a lot worse than that, but I'm just, um, I don't know. I, I got still... some double words. <laughs> I just, Trump Starts has with a mother and ends with a cur. You know? Um, yep. It, you can't it, say that on the air. I didn't. I got around that. Ends uh, with the mother, ends with the cur. Yeah. Because you know what, Melanie? We live in a free country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the little kids out there that are listening, like my daughter. Um, i bet she knows words that i don't know um i really i it we have to get away from the mentality that it's also the president is the one who we really need to focus on and then we let people like mcconnell stay in office right forever and uh although he's he's again he's um and slipping huge the supreme court is massive obviously yes so Um, just that i'm like well yeah, Biden. No, no question about it. For me, and, I'm and, not even gonna put up a fight. I'm sorry. Well, I no, I'm I'm in so much that I have to choose one. I think that's obviously the only choice that we have right now, right? Not only um, that's democracy. 
That's not democracy. <laughs> that is not democracy. I do hope you know that I say things facetiously. I know, I know, I know. But there are people who listen to this show who don't. That's a, I mean, I'm like, like, I know, I feel you. I do. But I'm not even going down that. Guys, yeah. we've, gone, we've gone over big time. No, okay. we started in 12 minutes in. We're fine. I'm um, at it. Okay. Lucas Plus we got a three minute and fifteen seconds. I think seconds. That we've had a good show. I think that we can do our closing remarks. You want to do closing remarks? I'm think? really fried. All right. Where did I put we're, it? We're really fried. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think we all are. Although I think that we've had a good discussion. Do you? We had a good I discussion. Now. I want. I want more people in on it. I want more people to hear. I want more people to participate. Because um, you know, when just a couple of us are talking, and that's it. Uh, I just don't feel like yeah, and I'm not... from enough people and I would love to get more on. Um, I think it's sometimes nice just having a quieter show though too. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but not now. We need to celebrate this and we need to uh, um, I don't know. We need to just keep moving. I do wish Ireland was here though. Yeah. Okay, well we've run out of time, correct? Have we? Don't you usually say that? I'm yeah, I'll get there. Hold on. I just want to know if you got the whole thing. I did. Do you want me to say it now or do I say it after your... You can say that Lucas has pooped. And we have to go. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Lucas has about had it. He's pooped. Um, I'm pooped. We're all pooped. It's been a long discussion. Uh, you know, go out and celebrate and fight another day because um, it's not over. And we have uh, we have a lot farther to go, so take it away. Yes, we do. Thank you, Melanie. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer for Blooming Out and WFHB. I'm Justin Robertson. I love hearing you say that. <laughs> I miss saying it. <laughs> Lucas, and I'm Lucas Fisher. <laughs> Who's pooped? Who's yeah, I'm pooped. pooped. You're Lucas and- Pooped Fisher. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucas Poop Fisher. Lucas Pooper. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Lucas Pooper, my new social media tag. Oh my god. And if everything weren't straight and roller coasters. <laughs> I love that if everything works great then roller coasters <laughs> I'll take it I'll take it for you I'm Melanie Davis and remember if everything were straight roller coasters would be one long boring ride be well stay safe speak truth manifest equity demand justice and good night from your blooming out family good night good night